This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. that you will not, you'll find yourself outside. Are you listening? You know, to, to you know, I, I'm married to Sandy, which means that, that we do life together. Now, if I go to California, Japan, are you listening? Uh, it's not going to be long uh, in that distance that something gets in between me and her. Amen. You you want to keep a you want to keep a you want to walk with God. You got to be part of what God is doing. And church is central. Uh, it's God's idea, and it is central to what God is doing. Now, it might not be central in in you know many Christians' lives. And all this all this time has ju- just accentuates a crack that was already there. Be careful that the crack doesn't become a chasm that you can't get across in the future. Well, I thought you had good news for us. That is good news. You know, it, we're, we're going we're gonna to hear from two sides of God in the days that are ahead. We've entered the days where we have not known God as the judge. Uh, but, but he is the judge. And he'll help us to judge ourselves so we won't be judged when judgment comes. But we're in days of judgment. What is judgment? The harvest will be reaped of what is sown. What's, what has been sown has been grown. It is right now being shown that it can be known. It can be known. Are you listening? God is not mocked. That's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's a healthy reverence and respect uh, for a God who is God. The title of the message today, God is still God. So we're going to hear from God. The, good, the goodness is of God is that he tells us the truth. He loves us enough to tell us the truth, not just that we, that we want to hear, but that we need to hear. And, uh, uh, and, but the Bible teaches the goodness of God, but also the severity of God. All right? When you... The severity of God is in the context. When you leave God, you're left out. you got to stay with God. But when you leave God, are you listening? And, and when you leave church, your connection with God is church, is being a part of church. Well, we'll see more of that in the days that are ahead. Amen. Because the blessing only flows through obedience. You cannot, you cannot pray uh, away uh, disobedience. The sign of disobedience is the blessing begins to dry up in your life. And you're blessed through the, your connection of obedience and your connection in the church where, where the, the Lord has spoken over the church, be fruitful, increase, fill the earth, and have dominion. That's the blessing that's on the church. The curse is outside on the world, but the blessing is on the church. And there's a distinct difference in the dealing of the blessing and the dealing of the curse. See, God's not picking on us when he asks us to obey him so he can bless us, so we can stay in the circle where he can work and get 
work in you and, and get to you. When you get outside of that, you're in a different domain. You're under somebody else's dominion. The curse belongs to the devil, God's enemy. And he's more than happy to serve you up a heap and helping of it. Just look all around us today. But you know, when we look around, we know this. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We stand before you and behind this sacred desk with fear and trembling today. That we would speak the word of the living God and that it would find receptive hearts and ears. But your word will be heard nonetheless. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor and ask you for the help of the Holy Spirit. And we ask for mercy today. And we thank you. Amen. Uh, God is still God. I said God is still God. God is still God. Well, this and that and all the other. And I heard on the news and this happened to so-and-so and this and that. God is still God. Isaiah 43 verse 12. Yes, I am God. I've always been God. And I always will be God declares God. Now, anything less than that, any deviation from that, any taking away from it or adding to it, uh, you'll have to deal with God himself because that's what he declared. I just believe it. I'm not going to exclude myself from what God has said in working his word that he is still God. Are you listening? He's still the God that saved me. He's still the God that will save anyone that will turn their life and their heart over to him. He's still the God that will direct you. He's still the God that will guide you. He's still the God that will bless you. And he's still the God that will judge you if you don't do any of those things. Are you listening? He's still the God that always loves us. Love is unconditional, but the blessing is conditional. It is based on if, and the biggest part of if is on our side. Yes, God requires that we believe him. He requires that we believe him. A believing is a decision, and it's a choice. As for me and my house, see, you know, God's still God, so I'm still going to pastor. I'm still going to come to church. I'm still going to tithe. I'm still going to, I have seen it all. I've seen, you know, I've been through it all. Offense and defense and jockeying around and party spirits and flesh, 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 flesh. I've seen natural men try to manipulate. I've seen all kinds of stuff. Amen. But you know what? I'm not going to get all riled up about it. God no longer, God doesn't fall off of his throne because the devil is the devil. He's just a liar and because people believe him. Even if his children decide to go to the hog pen, get on, go on there, you'll find out it was better in the house, in Father's house, than out in the hog pen. Hallelujah. Well, Psalm 46 and verse number 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God's still the high God. Message Bible, same verse of Scripture says, Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. See, I'm going to speak a little bit to this, give you a home, recommend a homework assignment. Every Christian, every Christian that I know, uh, should listen to Dr. Tony Evans' 
began a series and probably will continue it up until our election. I, I, I'm telling you, it's called kingdom voting. I am a Christian before I'm anything. I am a Christian above everything else. Before everything else, I belong to God. I will be controlled by God. I will not be controlled by the manipulation of men. I will not put my trust in princes and leaders. Are you listening? That in politics, mainly are liars. Okay? The only way to know the difference is to know the truth. And we have the Holy Ghost. I pray that they would be saved and have the Holy Spirit. We'd have more truth. But how many of you know, even as a Christian, that if you don't love the truth, listen, you will live the lie. If you don't love the truth above everything else, before everything else, you will live the lie. It will come to live with you. So listen, I'm going to tell you what now. This gentleman, such a gentleman, he is a pastor's anointing. He's much more uh, than that. He probably would not claim those accolades for himself. But the function of the man is greater than just pastoring his church. But it's evident the shepherd's heart. For the pe- for people, for God's people, I told Sandy we listened to this last week on our way home. Uh, we had to run an errand, and we listened to it. And I, I just said this needs to go out to every Christian. I said, why, why try to redo this, repreach this? There's such a grace, such an anointing, such a revelation that has been given. Are you hearing? Uh, to Uh, This man, in case you didn't catch it, Dr. Tony Evans, the series is called Kingdom Voting. Wonderful, 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 tremendously powerful teaching. So necessary, needful. Thank God for people that got the courage. You know why he has the courage to bring change and to change things? Because God has given him that. God has given him a message for this hour for every Christian. Every Christian. So do your homework. Now, here's the thing. This, is, this world's not our home. We, we have a dual citizenship, but our home is in heaven. Heaven's our home. We are citizens of the United States of America. We need to participate in the process. But we need to be educated where that's concerned, not ignorant, not not knowing, not stupid. It's stupid to be ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Ignorance is not knowing. That's stupidity because you can know. Boy, I'll tell you, when we listened to that, I told Sandy, I mean, just inside, I was, I was weeping uh, tears of joy. I said, this is an answer to prayer. This is an answer to prayer. This is an answer because we've been asking God for truth. Amen. So, your homework is, listen, do your homework. In this verse of Scripture, you you know, people have a hard time with politics, and they get that all mixed up in, are you listening? And try to make the church a political thing and all this kind of stuff. And right now it's a source of division, great division in our nation. Amen. Uh, These, uh, I'm confident that this teaching will bring healing. Will bring unity, will because it brings truth, 
truth does all of those things. It'll bring wholeness and it'll bring peace. Amen. So if you're having a hard time with your politics, the, the, what the Lord said. See, first of all, I believe this, that if you're all wrapped up and if, if politics move you, then your trust is there. Our trust needs being God. Amen. And his policies. Amen. Politics is anything but policies. It's personality. Are you hearing? And that's not, you know, Lord have mercy. You know, the devil appears as an angel of light. He says, but if he does, throw the word up against him and you'll find out. Throw the word up against him. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. And you're intelligent people. All right. The traffic is, would be what the world is trafficking right now. And I'm going to tell you what. Now, I looked up just the definition of trafficking. I'm going to get down into traffic as well. But trafficking is to deal or trade in something that's illegal. Do you know the devil is just illegal? It's illegal for him. If you don't want to go with him, you don't got to go with him. It's illegal for him to hold you captive because of what Jesus did. So in God, in the, in, the court, in the eternal courts of heaven, anybody that says, I will choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the devil, listen, I mean, you just didn't, he, the Lord didn't break you out on bail. He pardoned you. The devil cannot come and arrest you and drag you back into any kind of bondage lest you are willing to go with him. Amen. That's what he traffics in. Lies, murder. Are you hearing? Hatred, strife, discord, and division. That's the devil's traffic. Amen. He says, but step out of the world's traffic. Going the world's way in the busy hustle. There's a lot of hustle out there, ain't there? Boy, they're trying to hustle you this year, ain't they? Hallelujah. You got to know the difference. Discernment is, true discernment is knowing the difference. Unfortunately, God's people religiously strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. <laughs> Praise the Lord. One little thing, see, one little thing upset your whole life. I'm going to quit church and then I'm going to, I'm not going to quit God. When you quit church, you're going to quit God. Eventually, you'll just keep wandering further and further and further until, you know, you're out there all by yourself. You'll wonder where God is. Let me tell you where God is, where you left him. You, he left him, you left him at the, at the, uh, at the off-ramp of disobedience, picking and choosing. reason why I come to church, I come physically to church. Well, that's you. You're the pastor. You have to. No, that's, that's every member of the body of Christ. Are you listening? If you live a life of, of excuses, you will find yourself excluded from a lot of stuff where God is concerned. Do a word study on the excuses, and you'll find out those people were then, the invitation was revoked, somebody else replaced them. Amen. You know, it, you know, I'm probably God's 12th choice. I know I'm at least the second choice of God pastor in this church. I don't mind playing second fiddle. I'm a, I'm a, I will do it, God. I'll do it. <laughs> 
I hadn't always been that way about everything. Most of the time I tell God no before I tell him yes. But God knows that my no is not final. Amen? I will obey him. And I've learned to say yes to God a whole lot more than I, than I, you know, a mark of, oh boy, boy, we're getting down into this, but it's okay. Uh, It's part of it. Listen, I don't argue with God anymore. Immaturity. Try having a conversation with a two-year-old. Most of it's an argument, both in their attitude and their action. They want to do their own thing. They want to climb on the stove. They want to run in the road. They want to do this. They want to do that. And when you try to, uh, you know, guide them and lead them a little bit, there's an argument. There's a fussing that continues all the way through their teenage years over Jackass Hill until they walk a little while in your shoes and they've got a little one that's there doing, that they're experiencing the same thing. Then all of a sudden, you know, uh, they're like, why did I do all that arguing? Why did I sow all those seeds? Amen. See, it's a mark of immaturity to argue with God. To spend four weeks arguing with God about something that he said in his word and the Holy Ghost is dealing with you, dealing with you about yield to the Spirit of God. Listen, say no to your flesh and yes to God. Say no to your will and yes to his will. Let's move forward here, shall we? See, uh, that's the world. Arguments and reasonings and strongholds that set themselves up against the true knowledge of God. The Bible says the fix for that is we have to bring every, that is a warfare that is daily in our lives. We have to bring every thought into obedience to Jesus Christ. How would we do that? What Jesus thinks is, is greater than what I think, so I choose what he thinks. I need my mind renewed. And when I embrace that, my life is transformed. I'll say this. I'm going to tell you, put it out there over, over thing. There are some of you right now that are listening to me that you think you're standing and you're about to fall. We don't stand up and, and pridefully justify our disobedience to the word of God. Our reasons of why we shouldn't, why we can't, why this and why that. No, we obey God. A disciple is taught to obey. Taught to obey God. You know, it's one thing to go to the concert and be titillated and excited and exhilarated with the music. It's another thing to learn how to play in the band. It's, it's one thing to view church from the side of, you know, oh, church makes me happy, church this and all that and other stuff. It's another thing to be a disciple who is being the church. Praise the Lord. God's, God didn't change the, Jesus didn't change the world with the crowds when, it, when, when, the, uh, when he contradicted what the, cra- the, the crowd, the traffic, he stepped out of it. Are you listening? Uh, you'll find that the crowds leave. But the disciples, my pastor said it this way, Dr. Vickers, he said, those that are with you cannot leave and those that are not cannot stay. At some point in time, if you can be shaken, you will be shaken. If you can, listen, if somewhere in you there's a crack, eventually it opened to a, a, a crevice in your life. If you can be driven off, oh boy, and the devil finds out, he'll drive you off. If you can be offended, you will be offended. Off-ended. 
Amen. That's the truth. Hallelujah. This is how you stay married, how you stay steady, how you stay on a job, how you stay in relationships, how you stay in church, how you stay with God, is that there's a consecration, absolute consecration and commitment to God. The clause, There's two clauses. No matter what. Here's how you win in life. Here's how you, how you dominate in life, how you conquer and overcome in life. There are two clauses in this covenant. One is you and God both agree, no matter what comes, I and him will do whatever it takes to overcome whatever comes. Whatever it takes to overcome whatever comes, that's an agreement that cannot be broken, cannot be divided. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You want to live a whole life and you just let the devil tear up and break everything good in your life? Oh, humble your own self. We're in a time where, you know, where the church, it says, if my people were called by my name, the first order is humble your own self. Humble yourself. Let's look at this. Uh, I, I need to go over to 1 Kings 19th chapter. This is... And we're going to deal with this. This is the spirit we are dealing with. This is the, this is the thing that we are dealing with, not only in the streets, but in the church. It's a Jezebel spirit. This is the marks of a Jezebel spirit, all right? Jezebel was married to Ahab. They were king and queen in Israel, and they led Israel off the track of following God, and they put made it easy. I mean, they put into the system. Every, they built altars to idols under every oak tree and every street corner, and they prostituted the nation. Sleazy, greasy, immoral junk. And, and the previous chapter is, is there was a confrontation. You can't change culture if you won't confront culture. And we live in such a time that anybody that confronts anything, they got to be the bad guy. Maybe they're the good guy. And maybe it don't look like you would do it. But there's a confrontation from a great conflict happening right now. Light and darkness, truth. And it doesn't matter. There's always going to be those that are attached to it for their own, uh, their, their own uh, agenda. What difference does that make? God don't mind. He throws the net and he pulls in all kind of fish. Some of them you keep, some of them you throw away. But they're all coming in the net. That's the kingdom. Amen. I mean, with Jesus, there were 12 guys that followed him. A couple of them were zealots that said in, the, in their description, but one of them was a devil. Jesus didn't kill him. Are you listening? He just let it come to the harvest, and at the harvest time, are you listening? At the culmination of his ministry, God sorted everything out, didn't he? The devil got enough rope. To hang himself. All right. Now, so it says, Ahab reported to Jezebel everything that Elijah had done. Remember, including the massacre of the prophets. Jezebel immediately sent a message to Elijah with her threat. The gods will get you for this and I'll even get you. By this time tomorrow, you'll be as dead as any one of these. When Elijah saw how things were, he ran for dear life. All right, the spirit of Jezebel, manipulation, 
and control through intimidation, fear, threats. All right? These are, these are, uh, these are hallmarks. These are, these are a roadmap for us. And I'll tell you, Jezebel hates the prophetic word, the real word, the real move of God. She seeks to kill it. It's a spirit. Woman's been dead, you know, at this time of this writing, you know, I mean, over a thousand, uh, uh, over a long time. Not a theologian, but you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Now listen, over in Revelation, though, we see where Jesus called Jezebel out. He said, you've been doing good things. One of the seven churches, and that's the, these are seven types of churches that are in the earth today. And one of them, he said, I'm telling you, you're tolerating this Jezebel. And you're letting her teach, and she's having children. Now, how could Jezebel, who had died thousands of years, uh, over a thousand years before Jesus appeared to John, or John appeared before Jesus, caught up into heaven, are you listening? And Jesus addresses Jezebel because it's a spirit. It wasn't the physical woman. It was a spirit. And it can be in a man or a woman. But I'll tell you what now, it ain't going to be here. Not under my jurisdiction. Are you listening? Because the answer for that is you come in the spirit of Elijah. You point the prophetic finger. Are you listening? And you say, no. We're going to put a stop to that. And so, you know, he did. But here's the thing. <laughs> you know, uh, he ran for dear life. He left his servant there. He went, I mean, it says, and that he, and that he was exhausted with it. So he's, he prayed to prayer. Now, here he had just come through one of the greatest victories in Israel. I mean, brought people face to face with uh, God. They cried out and said, God is God, we'll serve him. And Jezebel, one woman, listen, but a dominating, intimidating, threatening, controlling, manipulating spirit got on him because he believed her. She said, she said, the gods will get you. And if they don't, I will. It's just one little woman who her end was that she got thrown out of the window. Are you listening? Splatted on the pavement. And the horse that Jehu was riding stomped her into the ground. And the dogs ate everything but her, hand and her hands and her skull. Just like God said. Woman ended up her body dog dung in the field. Because what God says goes. Eventually, the devil runs out of breath and he runs out of folks to live in. Now, it says the end of this, that he walked for 40 days and 40 nights all the way to the mountain of God, to Horeb. And when he got there, he crawled into a cave. <laughs> you better come out of your, your crawl space. Come out of your hiding place. All right, just like that. Listen, it says the word of God came to him. This word is coming to you today. I'm telling you, the time has changed. God is on the move. The wind is blowing. God is blowing in, blowing up. Are you listening? He's going to blow some stuff out here. Now, uh, it says this, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the cave. I'm coming to you today, those of you that are in the cave. Okay? 
You, you, this is not how church goes coming through the tube. If we had to do it, we're going to continue to do it, but don't substitute it for the real deal. You're going to miss out. I'm just telling you. Amen. And if this is not your church, find a good one. Find one. All right. If in this time, you know, because see, my sheep will know my voice. The ones that are assigned to me know my voice. They hear the great shepherd's voice in this shepherd's voice. Amen. But my prayers are calling prayers right now. You need to come home. You need to come back to God. Amen. And if not, if you're just a stray that likes it that way, oh, well, I pray you'll find some pastor where they'll take you in. The problem will be, are you listening? When you get there, you entered offended, you entered astray, you'll probably stay that way. You'll carry your stuff right in there that you left here with because you wouldn't deal with it here. God will try to deal with it there, but if you never deal with it, it won't be long, four years, two years, one month, you'll get offended, something will happen, and off you'll go again. Are you listening? Homeless and clueless and powerless and useless to God because we need some steady folk. We need some stand and stand therefore folk. We need some rooted and some fruited folk. We need, are you listening? The devil don't mind if it takes 10 years to knock you off. He'll knock you off. He'll wait 10 years. And if he's got a crack, it'll, it'll become a chasm now because there's a shaking. There's a shaking. There's a shaking. Only what cannot be shaken will remain. God said, this is how the Father's glorified that, the, that you bear fruit, and that fruit is recognizable by this. The glorifying fruit remains. Don't matter what comes. We will do whatever it takes to overcome what comes. Now, you'd be okay then if there's any little crack of question in your life. Sugar, you are sh- Whole lot of shaking going on around here, and you're going to shake your little self on down the road. Amen. But my home is in God. It's in the will of God for my life. And it has a place that has a grace. You forsake the place, you give up the grace. You got to find another place and get in that grace. And I'm more than happy to, you know, I mean seriously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, uh, if you're not happy here, we want you happy. We just want you happy. Amen. Here's the sign of a disciple. You know, Peter, Peter was uh, greatly used by God. Matter of fact, Jesus said, when Peter messed up, Jesus said, when, when you're converted, I want you to strengthen your brethren. He was, he was greatly used by God. Peter was the messenger that broke open, that God used to break open the door to the Gentiles. Peter's greatly used by God. But you know, Peter was corrected constantly. And that's the sign of a disciple. See, if your pastor, Peter was a pastor. If your pastor can't correct you, he's not your pastor. Listen, because you're not a disciple. Anyhow, so Elijah, the word came to Elijah, just like this word is coming to you today. And, and Elijah, he said, what are you doing here? And Elijah pleaded his case as we all do. Man, I've been, look here, I've been working my heart out. 
I've done this, I've done that. The people have abandoned you. They destroyed all the worship. They murdered your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. And then he was told, go stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. See, the church, people don't recognize that God sees the church as Mount Zion. It is the mountain, Isaiah, the second chapter, that is above every other mountain, the mountain of God. God has chosen Zion. He's chosen his church to be present in, to be, to be upon his church, to work through his church, and only by his church. Don't be deceived. The world wants, you to, wants to cancel us. The world wants to cancel church. Are you listening? In every segment of, uh, in every way, cancel the church. Well, you can't cancel God. There's some stuff that needs to be canceled. That's all right, but you can't cancel God. And listen, if, if, I, if I'm known by God, you'll never be able to cancel me. You may cancel me as, you know, your friend or your pastor or your this or your that, you know, but you ain't going to cancel me. I belong to God. I'm known by God. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, if God looks around, I, you know, if he stops real quick, I bump into him. I'm going to walk close with God. Amen. <laughs> God knows I've run over him a time or two in my hurry to get, you know, where I thought we should both go. He took a, uh, he took a, a, a right time real quick, and in my adjustment, you know, I mean, I just, you know, clipped him. Oh, my. Anyhow. Listen, go stand on the mountain, pay attention before God. Now watch this. A hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. Be careful that you're looking for the spectacular. You miss the supernatural. This, this living, I got to see a sign. Listen, let me tell you what the sign that you have been given. It's the Holy Spirit poured out on the day of Pentecost. That is God in you. God not just with you on the outside, but God in you. The hope of glory. That's it. That's it. And we, got, we have a high percentage of the church thinks that the rebirth is that's it. That's all that there is. Oh, honey, God's way more than just getting you born again. God wants to do life with you. God wants to train you. Amen. And we got babies that are standing up, you know, and throwing Skeddy off of their, uh, off of their uh, you know, uh, their high chair tray all over the kitchen. See? Being, being their little super self, super spiritual about everything, you need to be trained, okay? You need to, if you've been born again a year, you need to be trained and grow up in some things in God and have some experience in God before you just go shooting your mouth off, prophesying this, dreams about that, all kinds of stuff. Are you listening? Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't work through those things, but I'm going to tell you what now. He, we need, you got to have some seasoned, some seasoning in you. Amen? Hallelujah. You start to grow up when you realize, I need to be listening more than I need to be a-talking. 
Perhaps maybe God is showing you some stuff about you and you projected it onto somebody else and you missed the whole point. He was talking about you to you and so you gone to, and, and you know, been spiritual, spiritualized it onto somebody else. Well, that's immaturity. Are you listening? We got one of those in our, in our family. She's four. Now that you're four, you can do more. But you, you know, the constant conversation is, you're, I'm the boss, you're the worker, okay? She, her part is the worker. She can mouth that, but she hasn't quite understood that yet in the real life application all the time. But you keep saying the same thing, and eventually you get the idea that when you play soccer, you got to do what the coach tells you to do. Then you do good. If you don't, you're just wild. We got too many just wild folks, rebellious children that are not being corrected. And if you can't be corrected, you'll never grow up. You can't be corrected. You'll never be disciplined enough. Are you listening to be a real disciple? And your flesh will cost you power. You afford all these things, all these fleshy desires, and don't try to clean your life up. Don't try to listen. Don't try to consecrate, don't are not consecrated or committed to God. You listen, you just all you'll ever have is a demonic familiar spirit. You'll be classified in what we're going to read down here. You know, looking for the spectacular. I don't have to see Jesus to believe in Jesus. I've never seen him. But I have a deep, life controlling, abiding faith in him. It doesn't have to see him to believe him. I don't have to see demons to deal with demons. I don't have to know their names to deal with them. Are you listening? I never heard Jesus say anything about a personal name of a demon. He said, you deaf and dumb spirit, you unclean spirit, you spirit of a prayer. He, that's how he addressed them. He didn't have to know their name. What the heck do I have to know a demon's name for? I could care less. Are you listening? Hallelujah. I don't have to name every skunk that comes around trying to spray up the works. Are you listening? It's a skunk. It's just as simple as that. I ain't got to name him. When I name him, I'm calling him George. And I'll say something else here. Are you listening? I'm going to tell you what. Now, I'm not a theological genius, but I'm going to tell you this book is the complete work of God. This one. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. There's some other stuff out there, like the book of Enoch. Are you listening? Stay away from that. It's just another thing. It's just, it's just doctrines of devils and all kind of ideas. Are you listening? With a little bit of God's name plastered in it, they pull Enoch out of there. Are you hearing? Are you listening? Well, they found it. You know, the Dead Sea Scrolls and all that kind of stuff. Listen, everything that comes down the pike ain't from God. Need to know that. They ought to have some discernment. And who is the discerner? The Holy Spirit. Now listen, he said this, don't miss the supernatural because of the spectacular. But God wasn't in the fire, at the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. Who is the gentle and quiet, still, small voice of God? Not what it is, who it is, the Holy Spirit. See? See, Elijah stood out there and, and all the spectacular probably thought this has to be God. 
but a gentle and quiet whisper, the still small voice, a quiet voice. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. You know, uh, it's great to look for God on the news and all that kind of stuff, but what you're seeing is most of it is just the devil acting out. Are you listening? And then we're going to bring God along, uh, along where that's concerned. Listen, get in the good news and you'll, and you'll see what God is doing. What's God doing? Remember, the prophets of Baal get to do their antics first. Amen. And then God's going to answer with fire. All right? See, God is not great because of the big stuff, honey. God is great because of the small stuff. His personal, intimate relationship and his, the way that he lets you know he is God because he's down in the details of your life. And the real peaceful voice and quiet whispers of God bring the most peace and settledness in your life. Amen? If you'll be moved by, by big, puff wind, prophetic voices in your life, guess what? There's more than enough. Because while there is the real, there's also the counterfeit. The prophets of Baal. Are you listening? See, the person of the Holy Spirit operates, and we need to know this for yourself. I'm telling you, in the days, that's the difference between real power and, and having a form of godliness but no power thereof. You're going to need some power to overcome whatever's coming. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he's a person. It is of a vital necessity to cultivate an intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you are going to dismiss the uh, pastors just on a rant. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Amen. I'm just, I'm just, listen, I have to be obedient to deliver the message. I don't got to make the message. I don't got to make it happen one way or the other. I just have to be obedient to deliver it. Amen? Because when I stand in front of God, whatever happens to you is because what you chose to do with our lesson. I choose to, to say it, and it's off of me. I got to live it for myself, and I hope you will too. Are you listening? But it's either the word of God or the word of a man. Now, it's a vital necessity to cultivate an intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, to learn God's still, small voice, and to live out of that voice. That voice. Amen? Just God's voice. The problem that is that, see, God's voice sounds like your voice. God speaks. His, his Spirit, you know, works in your spirit. See, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. How God illuminates, speaks into your life is through your spirit, by his Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like your voice. The problem is, the caveat in this is, is that if our will is not sub subjected and submitted to God's will, then God's voice, are you listening, sounds like our voice, and we'll think our good idea is really God's idea. We'll think our own voice is God's voice, and it's not. It sounds like our voice, but now here's the uh, inside of us. We have to, uh, we have to submit God our will to God's will. You know, remember at the first of this year, we talked about that the answerings would be in according that, to the askings. So let me give you some things about 
asking. And we're in a time where, where the church needs to, quote, humble itself and pray. So, so we're going to talk about the humility part that qualifies the answering when we pray and ask. Does that make sense to you? Ezekiel 14, chapter, it says, Some of the leaders of Israel approached me and sat down with me. God's message came to me, Son of man, these people have installed idols in their hearts. They have embraced the wickedness that will ruin them. Flesh. Flesh. Flesh will cost you power, and you'll find yourself in situations with, and if you're without power, are you listening, you'll be ruined. There's some people that have made shipwreck of their faith chasing after doctrines of devils. Why should I even bother with their prayers? This is God talking. Therefore, tell them the message of God, the Master. All in Israel who install idols in their hearts and embrace the wickedness that will ruin them and still have the gall to come to a prophet, be on notice. I, God, will step in and personally answer them as they come dragging along their mob of idols. I am ready to go to work on the hearts of the house of Israel and all whom have left me for their idols. Therefore, says Say to the house of Israel, God the Master says, Repent. Turn your backs on your no-God idols. Turn your backs on all your outrageous obscenities. To every last person from the house of Israel, including any of the resident aliens who live in Israel, all who turn their backs on me and embrace idols, who install the wickedness that will ruin them at the center of their lives, and then have the gall to go to the prophet to ask me questions, I, God, will step in and give the answer myself. I'll oppose those people to their faces. Make an example of them, a warning lesson, and get rid of them so that they will realize that I'm God. Now, this is a redemptive statement. This is not God being mean. He's just saying, that ain't going to work. That's not going to fly, okay? You ask me according to my will, you'll have tremendous confidence that I'm listening, I'll hear, and I'll answer according to my will. All right, let me give it to you out of the Amplified Bible. Do you have time to be taught just a few things or, or you know, uh, or we beyond where you can go. Anybody got a few more minutes? All right. Amplified Bible. Then came certain of the elders of Israel to me and sat before me. That's why I say some of you think you're so grown up. Are you listening? You've outgrown God. You think you stand, but you're in for a fall if we're operating like this. All right? Then came certain of the elders of Israel to me and sat before me, and the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put the stumbling block of their iniquity and guilt before their faces, should I permit myself to be inquired of at all by them. We're talking about pride and humility, askings and answerings. We're talking about how to get, listen, you got to, there is some qualifications. If is a qualifying word. If my people who are called by my name, all right, will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, all right, pray, I'll hear, all right, we got to qualify for the hearing, amen, the heart that will be heard is the humble heart. Now listen, therefore speak to them. Thus says the Lord God, every man of the house of Israel who takes his idols of self-will and unsubmissiveness, 
into his heart and puts the stumbling block of his iniquity, idols of silver and gold before his face, and yet comes to the prophet to inquire of him, I, the Lord, will answer him, answer him according to the multitude of his idols. In other words, he says, I'm going to answer them. I'm going to answer them according to their own self-will, and they'll think it's my will. I said, yes, go ahead. Do we have precedent for that? Remember Ahab? He had all these prophets. One made the horns, all that, and Jehoshaphat was with him and all that. And they said, yes, God's going to give you you, a victory. Go. You'll get victory. Victory is assured. And Jehoshaphat, you know, who knew the difference because he knew God. Now, he should have known better than be hanging with Ahab, but, you know, anyhow. He said, isn't there one more prophet? He said, yeah, there's one, but he never prophesies anything good to me. He goes, well, let's bring him and hear what he has to say. And so the Ahab says to Micah, he says, listen. He goes, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the Lord have to say? And Micah goes, go. You're, the, the Lord's going to give you victory. He said, I told you not to lie. He knew it was a lie. He said, I told you to tell the truth. And when he did, of course, it got him in trouble, you know. But what he said was true. Ahab was killed. Amen. Now, uh, so there's an example. There's lots of other ones that I may lay. Listen, he said this, that I may lay hold of the house of Israel in the thoughts of their own mind and heart because they are all estranged from me through their idols. So God's saying, I'm going to let you have what you think you want, and I'm going to let that run all the way out to the end, and you're going to see it wasn't me, it was only you. I'm going to let you reap what you've sown in this in order that I can get a hold of your heart and shake you awake and get you to realize you need to give up that stuff in order to, listen, it's an exchange. You can't have your own self-will and unsubmissiveness and walk humbly with the Lord and have power with God. It can't be done. I'm talking about kingdom stuff here. How are you doing out there? All right, he says, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent and turn away from your idols and turn away your faces from all your abominations. This is a time, listen, humbling ourselves is a repentance. You hear a lot of people wanting change, but they don't want to repent. The first repentance comes from the church. We're seeing this in every quarter. You know, we've talked about this in racism. How hard is it to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong? Yet their people are unrepentive because they have a position, and they're going to defend that position to the death because they need to be right. Are you hearing? Are you listening? Amen? We think this, is, this, this COVID thing, 19, is wrong. Yes, it's from the devil, but we open the door to the devil. Are you listening? We opened up the door to the devil. Do you understand? There's 60 million babies' blood on this land, innocent blood shed while the church has a party. Now, I'm not a political activist, but I'm going to tell you, we need to act on some things here. Our culture needs to be changed. It needs kingdom change. The kingdom needs to come, and his will needs to be done. But if there's no humility and repentance, saying, God, we have not, been, we have not done right here. This has been on our watch. There's an idol of silver and gold. long as I'm doing okay, long as I'm economically doing well, well, guess what? 
COVID-19 came and your economics went to hell in a handbasket in a hurry. See, if the prospered church won't pray, oh, I'm way out over in the south. The persecuted one might. You know, I just heard the Lord say, he said, well, son, you're in good company because I said some hard things. And there were those that turned back from following me then. But remember, the disciples go, well, where else are we going to go? It's hard to hear. That's hard to hear. It's hard stuff. And it is hard stuff we're in right now. It's not easy to be a Christian right now, a real one. It's not easy to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Are you listening? But why would I why take all of his faithfulness and goodness when it's easy and when it gets hard, I desert him? I, I, I leave him off? Are you listening? No. I'm in the no matter what comes, I'm going to do whatever it takes to overcome whatever comes because I am with God. Well, I'm with God, but I'm not with the church. You're not with God. You're not. Are you listening? And you're soon going to find out that you're not. You're going to reap a harvest of that not. You're going to have a whole lot of not. Not happening, honey. Not blessed. Not protected. Not provided for. Out there subject to. And I'm going to tell you what. Some folks are going to get wiped off of the planet. Because the devil is a killer. Lord, I really wish I didn't have to say that. I heard the Lord say, you need to say it. So these little lives in here don't matter? The question is, every life matters to God. And that does not diminish one from the other. But the church has, listen, listen. They, they called it a blob, so God gave all this technology that you can see a baby, a life Forming in secret is no longer a secret. And I will not throw my lot in with folks that want to kill that thing, kill that life. Whether it's this big or it's at the, up to the time of birth and now beyond it because the lines have been erased. The difference is we are living in a culture that has no conscience. And you know why? Because the church must be the conscience of God in the earth. The church has to speak truth no matter what. And because the church is silent, are you listening? The culture has no conscience. I'm not talking about everybody. You need to understand that. Are you listening? But now, you know, there are some folks that are crossing the lines, guys. There are no lines for them. Just like the devil thinks there's no line until the bloodline. Until the bloodline. I heard one guy say this, and I believe this. I'm believing that the bloodline will erase the color line, the culture line, every line that there is. The bloodline of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me finish. He said, I will set my face, verse 8, against that false worshiper. The unsubmissive, are you hearing? 
The self-willed and unsubmissive is a false worshiper, and I'll make him a sign and a byword, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people, and you shall know and understand and realize that I am God. Amen. It goes on and says some other things uh, in verse 9 and 12. But the purpose of this in dealing this way, God says that the house of Israel may no longer more, may no, no more astray, Go astray from me, neither defile themselves anymore with all their transgressions, but that they may be my people and that I may be their God, says the Lord God. Remember, if my people will humble themselves, the mark of God's people is humility. Well, here's the end of the thing, and I know you're glad we're at the end, but I want to read it in Ezekiel, the uh, 12th Because we're living in a time that Jesus described, you know. uh, He said, everybody says, everybody's saying it's, it's not harvest time now. It's four more months to the harvest. Harvest is someday farther out, far away. Are you listening? Now, some people say literal. I'm sure it was literal because, remember, he was taking literal things and illustrating spiritual things. He was speaking literally, but also figuratively so they would understand the kingdom of God. So when he says, now you say today is not the harvest, but it's someday. All right. Now, here's the here. That was this was Ezekiel thousand years before Jesus. And hear what he says, or, you know, hundreds of years anywhere, tens of hundreds. I don't know. I'm not a theologian, but I know the word of God. He says, verse 21, this is Ezekiel speaking prophetically. He says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, what is this proverb that you have in the land of Israel saying the days drag on and every vision comes to nothing and it is not fulfilled. Tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will put an end to this proverb. And they shall use it no more as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, the days are at hand and the fulfillment of every vision. That's what Jesus came. He said, the kingdom of God, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. What were they having to repent of? This proverb. From generation to generation, oh, they've been saying that for years. Been saying it's the end of time. Been saying, you know, God this and God that. And see, you know, where's God? Well, he says, you're at the fulfillment. For there shall be no more any false, empty, and fruitless vision of flattering divination in the house of Israel. Peace and prosperity, the pillow prophet said. Oh, God is too good. God is just too loving. See, God is loving and God is good, but God's also great. And God is God. He's still God, no matter what. And when he says he's putting an end, listen, he says, For I am the Lord, I speak, and the word that I shall speak shall be performed, come to pass, and it shall be no more delayed or prolonged for in your debt. For in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and will perform it, says the Lord. Now, let me ask you something. Well, I'm going to tell you what now. Uh, the, the day, the context of this, the time frame of this is a rebellious house. Who he's speaking to, are you listening, is a rebellious house. He says, I'm going to put an end to this. You putting off all this. It's harvest time. 
in the same year, you're going to see what's been sown has been grown. It is now being shown. Are you listening? And it can be known. Now, here's the thing. I'm not interested in what the devil's showing. The devil's always, it's just the same dumb stuff. Rebellion, you know, witchcraft, Jezebel, manipulation, threats, you know. I'm going to do this and do that, you know, uh, trying to put the church in a cave, in a hole, all that kind of stuff. I'm not interested in that. I see out of the word of God that, listen, God's final answer is this. He goes, I'm going to put a stop to all of that. I'm going to show you because I'm going to declare some things and establish them. You're going to say something. You're going to say a thing. You're going to hear me say something. When you say it, I'm going to do it. To the people that will listen, that will listen to the still small voice, put your flesh aside, submit yourself to God, you can be used by God. I can't think of a, a worse thing to have been so salty all of these years and come to hear or listen and lose your saltiness. Because you because you're dealing with the because you bit on the devil's deal. Are you listening? Huh? I've been a Christian going to church, coming to church, in the house, showing up, just because a faithful man should serve a should get his faithfulness exam from a faithful God. And my life will abound with blessing. Just because it gets hard or man says I can't do it or circumstances challenge me, I'm still, like Daniel, going to open up the window in full view of everybody. I am going to shout my hallelujah all over the city so I can be heard in every nook and cranny as I want God to know it does not matter what has changed. You do not and neither do I. I will serve you on the good day, on the bad day, and any day. I'm still going to do the, I'm still going to be a disciple because you are still God. Oh, forgive me for hollering a little bit, but some folks' deaf ears need to be opened. And blinded eyes need to be unstopped. You fooling around with stuff that is going to get you ruined. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we wouldn't want to offend anybody, telling them that they got to go to church, you know. Well, I wouldn't want to be offended in having to go to Walmart to buy bologna neither, but I got to eat or I can't live. Same thing. You got to eat the good stuff that God's putting out. Hallelujah. Well, I just call in and they pick it out. Honey, you got to come in person. You got to bring your own self and your own worship and your own tithe and your own eyes and your own ears. Hallelujah. Or you're living in leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. God said he's going to take care of this stuff. He's also going to take care of the uh, sheep that bully one another. The fat sheep taking advantage of the skinny sheep. And the, and the strong sheep, you know, taking uh, advantage of the, of the weak sheep. Amen. You're going to know God for yourself. You're going to know God, the still small voice. So if any other voice says, I had a dream about you, I had a vision of you, uh, I've been praying and this is what the Lord told me to tell you, I'm telling you folks have told me all kinds of things all the years. And if I listened to that, I'd be dead. (laughs) Oh, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you now. (laughs) I'm going to kill you, boy. 
I mean, the gods are going to get you, and if they don't miss you, if they miss you, I got you in my sights. I'm done. I ain't running scared of the devil. Are you listening? I done been there and done that. I ain't doing that. I don't care what anybody says. Well, if we leave the church, the church will fall apart. Did you hear that, Jesus? Did you hear that, Jesus? You built your church on one or two people or a whole bunch of people. It don't matter. Listen, that's not the church I want to be a part of. That's not the one. When we first started out, I mean, here they come. All the money. We had two people. There was two people besides them and besides us four no more, me and Sin and our two kids. There was four people, and they came, and they wanted, they had the money. They were the only givers besides us. We're in a hotel room. It just stepped out, you know, what, two, $300 a month. And they came and said, we want, you know, our daughter to be the accountant, and we want this and that. And I said, you know, uh, I'm sorry, this church don't have enough finances to have an accountant. We already got one. You know, we have an organization. And, and, and boy, I'm telling you what now, who do you think you are, little Jesus? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I think I'm the pastor of this church, even if, you know, half of the membership we're in for a church split here. Bye. Have a nice life. They march their self right down to some little uh, church. I won't call the denomination. Are you listening? That was preaching a lie that once saved, always saved, and only those that are predestined are going to be saved. Bye. You love the lie? Go feed on it. Go have a nice life. Are you listening? Useless for the kingdom of God. Unsubmissive. Rebellious. Challenge the leadership of God. Nothing. Zero. Zero. Don't you have to mention their name? There's zero. Saved. Are you listening? But when they get up there, those kind of works are burn up by fire. It won't stand the test. Oh, we've been at this too long, haven't we? Son of man. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, behold, so you don't make a mistake. For those of you on Facebook and YouTube, it's Ezekiel, the 12th chapter. The last from 21 through 28. You know, I accepted this assignment from the Lord. It started when I was pastoring in a hell hole. Right at the gates of hell. I could prove it to you by telling all the stuff that came out of there. Civil unions. All kind of junk. A portal. Gates of hell. The Lord told me this a long time ago. There'd be people that would come in. He goes, you're the last roadblock. You better say what I say, say. You're the last roadblock. If they keep going, they're going over the edge. You better speak up. And I had to say some hard things. I would say some challenge that rootlessness and fruitlessness and rebellion. I'm telling you, God said, this is, I've called you to do this. Now, I thank God I haven't had to do that very often here, but when I have to, I will. Amen? I will. Because God's after minds and hearts. And if you can be turned, you need to turn now. 
Son of man, behold, they, the house of Israel, say, The vision that Ezekiel sees is for many days to come, and the prophecies of the times that are far off. Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord God, There shall none of my words be deferred any more, but the word which I have spoken shall be performed, says the Lord God. We're in harvest time. Let me ask you about the lordship of Jesus in your life. Let me ask you, have you submitted your will to his will? That's the lordship of Jesus. Is your will still overriding God's will? Still in an argument? Still in a contradiction with the will of God? That's a choice and a decision that we make in our heart. And I'll tell you, decisions determine destinies. And the decision about the lordship of Jesus Christ, see, determines eternal destiny. Now, the first decision is to accept the Lordship of Jesus Christ. To let him come in and to shepherd your life. To let him come in and to lead your life. To let him come in. And I'll tell you what, get you all the way to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. Not everybody's staying. Everybody's going to stand in the presence of God and realize God is. He is God. Someday, everybody that has to see to believe will see. It may be too late. Because he didn't ask us to believe what, because we see. He asked us to believe because he just is. He asked us to take him by faith. Be careful in looking for, listening for thunder and looking for lightning and the spectacular See, God just said, I'm not in all that stuff. What I am in is the, your con- the consciousness of your own soul. Where are you with God? I want to give you an invitation today to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's a definite decision. And I want to encourage you, it's the kind of decision that no matter what comes, you're, he and you together are going to do whatever it takes to stay with Jesus all the way. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Psalms 91, a thousand, ten thousand may fall at your side. Are you listening? But that kind of business doesn't come near you because you've decided to follow Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray this simple prayer. Jesus, if you're ready, Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life. Save me. Cleanse me. Make me your own. Give me a new life. I will follow you, and I'll follow you through all the days of my life. From this day forward, you're my Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.